This is the We Love Real Estate Podcast. My name is Sean and I love real estate. In this weekly podcast, we interview the top real estate investors and professionals who share their knowledge and expertise to help you become a real estate investing boss. So if you love real estate and want to level up your investment game, then you've come to the right place. And now, on to the show. What's going on investors? We're going to talk about our Moly House Burr project and how by the end of it, we were able to get a nice fat check for $238,000. And I have here today, my lovely wife, Sharon. Hey guys, I'm Sharon and I talk all that investing, side hustles and real estate on my YouTube channel. So if you guys want to learn more about that, then definitely hit up her channel. We're going to make it more casual style. We're just going to go talk back and forth between how we found the deal, kind of the situation around it and issues we encountered and how we finally were able to do the final burst strategy, do the cash out refinance and replenish all our funds and then ultimately own this magnificent 3000 square foot home in Texas with none of our own money into it and get some money out. So this is an amazing strategy and we're happy to share this with you today. So getting on it, let's talk about how we found the deal in the first place. So Sharon, you were actually the one that found the deal. Go ahead and tell everybody what we did. So basically I found this deal on a Facebook group and I've been following a few different ones and kind of monitoring for deals and looking for connections. And lo and behold, this deal came by and we decided to put an offer at $125,000. So what made this particular deal special to us? Yeah, I mean, this home was definitely way below market value, but it was very moldy inside. And when we looked at the pictures, we thought, oh, maybe it's just like cosmetic and stuff like that. But then when we actually did everything, we found out it was a whole mold remediation on the entire house and we just had to completely renovate the entire home essentially so it was a huge job but it was definitely very appealing because of the price point yeah and the thing is this property was actually listed but because of how moldy it was nobody really wanted to touch it definitely no homeowner would want this it has to be basically from an investor who is kind of experienced and is not scared to take these kind of risks and again we have actually never done a moldy house like this before. I've encountered some mold in my past and thought no big deal. But then I guess we bit off more than we could chew. Luckily, it didn't bite us in the butt. <laughs> we, we did get saved from this deal. So after we actually got this property under contract, we encountered the first issue, which was that this deal was from a wholesaler, right? So I mentioned that this was listed, but it was listed as a short sale. And so what a short sale means is the original owner owed a certain amount of money to the bank. But because of circumstances, the value of the home is now less than what they owe on the mortgage. So even if they sold the property, the final sales price would not be enough to cover the mortgage. So the bank has to be okay with losing some money with a short sale. Now that being said, short sales have some regulations. And so one of the regulations is that you cannot then sell that same property within like a six month or one year time frame. Obviously as a wholesaler or someone that does double closing, they were not okay with that. They needed the final buyer to be the you know final buyer. So we we were going for a wholesaler and spent a lot of time going through the whole short sale process and they came down to okay we had booked time to go to this area for two weeks to kind of oversee the remediation and the work and come to find out we can't close well, because of all these issues, we actually were able to negotiate down from $125,000 to $120,000. So the reason why we asked for that reduction is because we had booked this extra trip to stay in this area for two weeks to oversee the work. But again, because no work is being done, we basically wasted all this money to be there. And again, the wholesaler understood and he said, you know, if they knew earlier, then they wouldn't have gone and wasted all this time. They would just made us the final buyer and we would pay them us of escrow, which is what we ended up doing anyway. But anyways, that was nice. So we ended up getting a $5,000 deduction in our sales price and we use that money to basically get a free trip over to Texas. And we spent the last two weeks there at an Airbnb. And then during that time, 
I just made a lot of phone calls, right? I made a lot of phone calls, visited a lot of contractors and mold remediation experts to give us a final bid on this project. Yeah, we were looking up a lot of different ones on like Google and the Facebook groups and things like that. And we had to meet with a bunch of different mold remediators to see like their quotes and their terms and things like that. And we actually ended up hiring one that was referred by the Airbnb host that we were staying with, which was actually very lucky. They were so nice to us and was really trying to help us. So it's good to really like get out there and make connections. We even went to a few meetups while we were out there. So going out there and talking to different people, you never know if you'll find like the person that's gonna be your partner or whatever in the project. And then with the contractor we hired, he was actually trying to purchase the same property because he actually does flips and things like that. And he was in the same Facebook group as well. So that's how I found him. And then we actually all met up for lunch. He's really nice and he decided he could work on this project for us. And actually he did it at this rate because he wanted to build a long-term partnership with us. And in the future, we could partner with him and work on projects together. So that was kind of the idea. And it was really good that we were actually out there because I think we got a lot lower quotes by being there and actually talking to people. Yeah, speaking of those quotes too, when I was calling them, they ranged so wildly. So for mold remediation, we were getting quotes from as low as you know, $25,000 up to like $50,000 to again, do the mold remediation, get inspected and tested and all that stuff. And then for the general contracting work, again, those range very well wildly too, all the way up to $300,000 for this whole project. So I'm thinking, wow, this property is worth $300,000. Why would I spend $300,000 on the renovations? That doesn't make sense. So for a while there, we were getting kind of scared. Like, oh my, like we assumed it would have been like a $75,000 job. That's what the wholesaler told us. And from my experience, that's what I thought a renovation would be costing. But from talking to contractors, it was looking more like a $120,000 job. So again, we were thinking, oh, we might be in trouble here. Yeah, I think the ARV we expected, at first we were saying like maybe $300,000, but after looking at comps, we're like, oh, maybe it's like in the $260,000 range. So that's why we we're getting like pretty worried. We we're like, oh, maybe we're gonna have really little wiggle room. But you know, over time it actually appreciated a lot in value and we'll cover that later. But essentially we were definitely getting worried at that time. Yes, so luckily, like she mentioned, the Airbnb host finally introduced us to a great mold remediation company that they use for their own business and it ended up costing us around $23,000 for the mold remediation. So that's where they went inside, they tore down most of the walls inside the house, they sprayed some formula and then an independent mold inspection company would come inside and test the house to make sure the levels were safe. So the house is safe, it's certified and we decided to go this route versus just hiring some guy off the street to take care of it for a much cheaper price because this property is steam. It's on the market the photos of the mold are on there in the internet. So again, we don't want the, any blowback to come back to us. We have to we have proof saying that we did this properly. And then again, because we had a contact from Facebook, he was actually able to do the general contracting part for around $60,000 or so. Uh, including work and materials. And again, because he is known in the area, he has a very good reputation, we trusted him. Again, we were thinking, okay, this is great because we can have that partnership going forward to work with him on future deals. So the main story here is if you are trying to get into major renovations, you absolutely need to be comfortable making these phone calls and potentially meeting the people on site. I think, like you mentioned, if we were trying to do this from California, it would have been very difficult because people would have just given us crazy quotes and we would have no idea without meeting face to face. So let's talk about how we finance this deal. So originally we planned on purchasing this property using a private money loan and then using our own funds for the rehab. 
But because of the delay in schedule and because of our private money lenders moving to another country, we ended up buying this property with cash first and then getting the private money loan through a check from HELOC to then spend on materials and whatnot. So the terms were essentially around 8% interest and it was essentially around seven months of getting the property, closing on it, doing the renovations and mold remediation, doing the refinance and everything and getting the tenants. So it was like a seven month long project and we essentially paid a lump sum back based off of that time frame and that interest rate. Yeah, so it was nice because they weren't asking for monthly payments, right? They made the calculations very simple. So we got a certain amount in and then when we were done, we paid seven months worth of interest back on top of their original principle. So they're very happy, we're very happy. It was great that everything kind of worked out. So for the decision-making process, that's another thing that a lot of new investors have a hard time with because design is actually pretty important. Do you remember how we ended up deciding on a lot of these different things? I think we did kind of look at comps in the area to, you know, just briefly looking over like Zillow and stuff like that and seeing what the homes look like in the area. We also talked to the contractor and kind of got his opinion on what rentals look like in the area so that we could try to match it. I think the thing with design is you never want to go just based off of your own opinion because you never know if the people in that specific area will prefer something different. So you definitely have to kind of look at comps and speak with a contractor and kind of get more insight about what's going to be good for the tenants in that area. And I think also because the project was not a flip and it actually was rented out, we didn't have to do anything over the top or anything like that. Nothing too fancy. So we just wanted to make sure it was like sturdy enough for the tenants and made sure that they had a good time. We didn't want something that would break easily or things like that. So for example, the carpet, I remember we picked a darker color. We didn't want anything light or anything so that, you know, spills weren't super visible or anything like that. Yeah, so like you mentioned too, you know, instead of putting laminate flooring all throughout the house, we did actually save money by putting carpets in the upstairs in the bedrooms. Mm -hmm. And again, because in like the Bay Area, typically we just put flooring everywhere. But I guess in Texas, carpets in the rooms are normal. So mm -hmm. that was cool because it's a cost savings for us. It's easier. Another thing too is we salvaged the cabinets. So there was mold all throughout the house and the cabinets were affected too. But I told them, let's take them down carefully. Let's see how they are. If you can, you know, clean them off, salvage them, repaint them and put them back on. So they were actually able to do that. And we saved a lot of money by not buying new cabinets. One thing that was pretty cool too was because of the mold remediation, they actually had to do flood cuts and completely double the walls on the first floor. So that was really cool being able to go and walk through the home and basically see the guts of the inside. And we actually have a lot of footage of that from our other YouTube videos. That was basically in terms of finding the colors and stuff. So now let's talk about finding a tenant and that whole process. So I actually have a couple properties in that area and I worked with two different property management companies and we decided to go with one of them to actually manage this moldy house project. I knew from experience they handled things very professionally and I knew I could trust that property management company. And the fees 10% hopefully will get more rental units in the future where they might reduce that 10% in the future because usually when you have more with the property management company, they will be able to lower the fees. Now we're working with them is actually pretty interesting because we had just finished the entire renovations but even then there are some small knickknacks that you have to do to the property to really make it completely rent ready so their team was actually able to go inside the property take a look around and see oh there's some small things here and there and they actually had their own team who can come inside do the small cleanups and fixes and make it completely rent ready and find a tenant now find a tenant for this property we hoped we were able to get it pretty quickly but i think we asked for a little bit too much in the beginning, when we first bought this property, I think our performa rents were around 2200 right? That was the number that we were kind of shooting for. Actually, I think it might have been around 2000 Yeah, it could have even been less, right? Just mm -hmm. 2000 But as, again, the months went on, we saw that the rental market 
increased. So now rents were around 2,400. So we were like, okay, let's try to get 2,400. So we put it on there for a while, but you know, it was just like January. And during January in Texas here, there was these crazy uh, snowstorms and other things. So maybe it was harder to find tenants during that time. And unfortunately we couldn't get a tenant for a couple weeks. So then we ended up going back to the management company saying, okay, we, let's lower it down. Lowering it down to 2,300. And within a few more weeks, we finally got a tenant. They're very happy. They're living it now and we don't have any real complaints. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, we did the buy, the renovate, the rent, and now let's talk about the refinance. So with the refinance, we knew that if you wait six months from when you bought the property, the lender is able to use the current value instead of your purchase price. So that's a lesson learned that I learned from buying my first property. You can't just buy a property for 100,000 and then suddenly it's $300,000 and the lender will give you a loan based on that number. It doesn't work that way. There's something called a seasoning period. So in this case, it was six months for us. So on month five, I knew that a loan like this would take a month to do. So I started the loan process on month five so that by month six, we would qualify to get 75% of the new value. So part of that refinance process is to get an appraisal done. Apparently in Texas, they also do something called a survey, which is where they make sure that your boundaries are all part of the property that you said you have. The appraisal was around $700 and we were really happy to find that it appraised at $330,000. You know, going into this, like I mentioned earlier, we thought it was going to be maybe 260 in the beginning and then it became 300 and we're like, you know, it's going up. And then we're expecting 300 to possibly $350,000 and $330,000 to me was like a great number because it was definitely higher than expected. And we knew that everything was going to work smoothly, that the amount we put in was we we're going to get it back plus a little bit more. So let's go over the numbers real quick. Yeah. So we were able to get a loan at 75% of the appraisal value. So we chose 75% instead of going to the max because at 80%, your interest rate actually increases a lot, right? It's a huge jump from 75 to 80%. So we're okay with backing off the leverage by a little bit. And our total interest rate was 4.375%. So again, this was back in February when we started it. That's why we were able to lock at a relatively low price. Since then, interest rates have increased significantly. So now if you were to try to do this, you might be at the mid fives. Now, since the property appraised at $330,000, 75% of that is $247,500. So it's pretty amazing that we bought the property for around $200,000 total and our cash out is for $247,000. However, that being said, there are also closing costs associated with doing a cash out refinance. So that's another gotcha that a lot of people don't know about doing the BRRRR strategy. Doing BRRRRs and getting your equity out is not free. You have to pay your title and escrow company. You have to pay the lender. You have to pay possibly prepaid interest in taxes. We have to pay for a new survey that cost me another $900. You have to pay for an appraisal, which is $700 like we mentioned before. So all these costs together cost us almost $10,000. Now when you think about it, that's around 4% of the loan amount and that's pretty significant. So it does not make a lot of sense to do a lot of BRRRRs especially if you're only getting a little bit of money out. In this case, it was totally worth it for us because we got so much out of it. So since we're talking numbers, let's break down the exact numbers about the closing costs with the mortgage and everything like that. So the loan amount was $247,500. The interest rate was 4.375. The closing costs were $10,230.27 and included $5,912.60 in loan costs and $4,317.67 in other costs. The monthly principal and interest was $1,235.73 and the estimated escrow is $563.89, which includes property taxes and homeowners insurance, making the total monthly payment of $1,799.62. Like Sean mentioned, our rent is $2,295 a month. So after doing all the calculations, this property actually does not cash flow as much as we would normally like. However, the strategy that we use for this one, again, is a little bit different. 
we wanted to cash out as much as possible because we do know that the fees to do cash out refinances are very expensive. So when you have the opportunity, you should pull out as much as possible. In the case, this property actually basically breaks even when it's fully rented out. In the future though, we do know that rents will continue to increase. So over time, this property will perform just fine for us and give us more income. But if you really think about it, we actually have this property that basically breaks even, but we have none of our own money into it. Not only that, we were able to tap money out and pull it out. And we now own this property with an additional $100,000 or so in equity. So it's pretty amazing that mm -hmm. we just did this and basically earned a full year salary for seven months of work. Yeah, I think this is the first burr for me. And it was just very awesome to see that everything went smoothly like planned. But, you know, through the process, there are definitely worries. But I think along the way, we really managed to overcome a lot of obstacles and figure out solutions like going over to the area and actually interviewing a bunch of contractors, mold remediators, figuring out ways to negotiate the price when things were delayed. So I think that we did a good job in terms of like when we encountered roadblocks, actually overcoming those roadblocks. So essentially, right, we put in 200K or so, got back that 200K plus another maybe 30K. And then we paid back our private money lenders and we have a lot more that we can play with again. So we're planning to possibly get something in Dallas, hopefully as an Airbnb in the future. So that's kind of our next plan for this year. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So what are your thoughts about our Moly House Burr project? Do you think it was a great success or do you think we messed up and we could have done something better? I hope you like this episode. You can find the show notes with all the links on our site, everythingrei.com. If you like the podcast, please help us grow by giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and telling your friends to listen as well. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.